You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Thank you, folks, for bearing with us. We're a day late, um, and that's because today is Thanksgiving. Well, it was, and I guess when you're listening to this, it would be yesterday. So uh, it was Thanksgiving in the U.S., and um, I worked late Wednesday in order to be off today, and um, it was actually enjoyable. I got to see my mom which was massive because uh, I saw her for about two hours on her birthday about two weeks back. And I told her I'd find a way to make it up to her. And it was really nice to be able to spend the entire day with her today. And by that, I meant like I woke up at like, well, I didn't wake up. Uh, I got to her house at like 830 and we started frying turkeys uh, until about 12 o'clock. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for uh, for your patience. Uh, Mason, how was your standard Thursday? It was it was all right, I guess. Like like you said, it was just Thursday for me, so nothing too special. Just went to class, you know, did all that fun shit. And yeah, no, I, I honestly, dude, I've done nothing today. I've just studied and <laughs> worked on nursing stuff. Nothing too interesting, but we can go right into the hockey. Heard that. Uh, yeah, man. So uh, last time we talked, uh, we've had two games since the last time we spoke. One was a shit kicking and one was a fun game to watch. So uh, I guess we should just get straight into the Buffalo game. Uh, very tough game for us. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people were upset and it's something that it's going to, it's going to happen frequently. And I think that's, will be one of our, um, topics tonight is how we're going to have to shuffle around, uh, defensemen for a while. Um, and you know, until we can possibly trade, um, like a Chris Weidman or something, um, this is just how it's going to be. And in this game, uh, they got one, it got out of hand really quick with like three goals uh, in the first period. I think they were pretty, they were pretty fast into, I think like the first two were like within the first minute, uh, which set the tone to be an all God awful game. But uh, Cole Caulfield, I think it, it was his 12th of the season already um, puts us on the board, but it's, it's, a, it's a, it, it was a fucking drudging. But anyway, it got physical uh, to the point to where, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Chris Weidman had fought uh, Joust, Joust, some, I think that's his name. Um, it's kind of tough when you when you're heavy is uh, is scratched for the evening alongside with uh, Kovacevic. Um, I don't know. 
it was a couple days ago. How do you feel? Uh, I'm bringing this up because uh, the next game, Arba Jackeye has a great night. And I understand we have to play this shuffle. But it's fucked when the guy that could keep the tone on the ice is sitting up upstairs. I um I'm kind of tired of this debate, not in the sense that like I don't want to have it. Mm-hmm. Just the fucking ridicule and negativity that this fan base seems to have, like regarding Jack Guy. Jack Guy is a perfect fucking player to have on a rebuilding team. Like he he makes a season like this fun. He also has six points in 19 games played. He's got the three goals. He makes things happen, right? So I get like, yeah, Jordan Harris does a lot on the drives offense. Absolutely. But this idea that like and I agree, Jordan Harris shouldn't sit many games, but the outrage. Oh, Jack guy, shit, blah, blah, blah. Like, when he got benched for him, like, shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. It just kind of, like, baffled me that people were that adamant that Jack guy is, like, this terrible player. Like, Jack guy has been making things happen. And I understand and agree that analytics are important. But you got to also watch what Jack Guy does, and especially in his case, because he takes a lot of penalty minutes, because he fights a lot. He does take some bad penalties too, but he's reined those in as of late. His fucking player card is just destroyed. He's got a 0% war, and a lot of that has to do with his penalty minutes. So you've also got to, like, I think people continue to. I guess people who watch think the game is played on paper are the ones that are very outraged about this. And I agree that Jordan Harris shouldn't sit a lot and that this situation needs to be fixed. But understand that not every dis- – like, you don't just make decisions like, okay, we're going to send this guy. Like Marty's making sure that he gives these guys an opportunity and he's going to see who earns the spot. The Habs aren't going to roll with eight defensemen all season long. It's not going to happen. He's seeing who can step up to the occasion. And right now, Jordan Harris and Jack Guy are both stepping up to the occasion, Jack Guy especially. So he's kind of got to figure it out because, you know, like you said, uh, we can't say Co- we can't send Kovacevic down without going through waivers. And I don't think – I think Hoffman would have to clear waivers too. So, yeah, there's going to either have to be a trade or one of them's going to have to go down. And Marty should do what he's doing and kind of let the guys play, give them opportunity, and see who succeeds. I don't understand this outrage about the rotation. I think it's a good problem to have if you're the Habs. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't understand why everyone is giving up on this uh like expecting this season to be anything more than what we ex- what we came into, you know, uh, scraping by a 500 season. Why why are we so worried about how we get to that end game? Like this team's fun to watch, but they're fun to watch with Arbor Jack Eye in the roster, and. Uh, 
I don't I don't think I'm an outlier in, in thinking that. Um because what if it wasn't Chris Weidman who had to fight? What if uh you know what if our one of our young guys or someone important uh on as as a, as one of our forwards got put in a situation and he stood up for himself and then he gets fucking injured. Um, I know Arbor Jack I isn't on the ice, you know, the entire game, but fuck, dude. Uh wouldn't you want someone like that on your team? Like I know Michael Pizzetta has done it for his last season, but I mean, come on. I think this kid's more than just a fighter. And he proves that the next game, he sits a game in a game where he really, you know, after looking at it, I mean, you can't you can't go into a game unless it's against like a fucking rival that did us dirty the previous game. You're, you're not going into a game knowing that, excuse me, that he's going to be needed to set the tone in an aspect. But after this game, I mean, fuck, dude, seven to two. Uh, Chris Weidman fights. And at the end of the game, I'm like, well, fuck, dude. I wish Jack well, I was on ice. By the way, all the power to Chris Weidman for that. What's that? I saw. I said all the power to Chris Weidman for that. I know some people were kind of unhappy about it. But Weidman sees a game getting out of hand. He knows he's a vet. He's he's a veteran presence on the team. And he knows he's a depth guy. He knows he's you can afford to sit him. And he goes out there and he just, you know, says, okay, we're not going to take it laying down. No, you know exactly. What? But... But you know, I think, too, I agree with what you're saying in the sense of, like, you can't know that Jack guy is going to be needed that game. And, two, I think it's almost a good thing that Jack guy wasn't in that game because I love that he fights, and I hope he continues to. But lately, I think because he's been making a name, all the big fucking dumb fourth-line, no-skilled guys are just going after him because they know he's a young kid who wants and he'll, to validate. And he'll take it, yeah. Yeah, and they need they need someone to validate them being on the team right so i think right. it's a good thing that he you know because focuses on his offensive game as well because you don't need him fighting all the time because you know i like i like that he works with his hand with his fists but i also like to see him work with his hands and he has hands and he can dance around the blue line and like you said and we sorry, like we saw he puts pucks on net and they just find a way of getting in yeah so like look let's let's now head to the blue jackets game what no what you're saying is fair just because he's got hands, this isn't that game anymore where you can stay on a team and have this role. He's better than just that. Excuse me. Excuse me. I was having a, a fucking sneeze attack. I'm sorry about that. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Mason, yeah, so getting back to it, it's – how do I say this? It's not just he can fight. It's actually he's a really skilled – you know, offensive minded, not even offensive minded player. He's just a really good, like, he's got a sense for the game. And I think that that's something special about him in a game that he could have been needed in the previous game. He comes out this game and where folks just like me was like, fuck, he's needed in that game to, to play the body, to, to stand up for his teammates, to, to keep the game in check. He comes into the next game and becomes, you know, Two of the fucking goals were were defensemen. In fact, I mean, the Sean Monahan's goal was just a fucking uh, what do you call it? An empty net. So honestly, this game was won on the backs of the two defensemen, and one of them being Arbor Jacki. I just think 
that people are downplaying his capabilities out there and they're just blowing them out of proportions. This kid plays a, a really well getting there structured game. I mean, you know, like you said, he is toning down some of those costly penalties, but a player of his caliber. And by that, I mean, you know, like a, a he's not an enforcer, but a guy that does not shy away from protecting his teammates He's going to make some costly mistakes like that, but it's in respect of trying to hold the other team accountable and showing them that they're not going to walk over us. And with that being said, he's also capable of finding the back of the net or helping produce offense. No, I, I, I see where you're coming from too. And I think, like I kind of, I think, like I said, we're like what I was alluding to earlier with Jack. I like, you want to see the development there as well, right? And when you're sitting in the box constantly, it doesn't help. Yeah. But I don't know. I think, I think it's, I don't think it's like a huge issue. I think it'll all kind of be sorted out. I think it has been kind of getting sorted out as the season progresses, but just kind of, walking back a little bit to um, the original question, just talking about Jordan Harris as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, I think Harris has been really good and he's been doing a lot. And actually he has, I checked the stats and he has um more points than I thought he did. He has, um, one he has five points. He's only a point behind Jack guy. And he's averaging almost 20 minutes a game. Like he's doing incredibly. I just think that, and crucify me if you want for this. I love Jordan Harris. I you keep him up as long as he produces the way plays the way he has. But as a coach, production does matter too. And I think if anything, his points don't match his play. Like he he's been a little unlucky. He hasn't had a lot of finish and I think a lot of his points have been like I said I was surprised he had five a lot of them have been kind of unnoticed so I would love to see and I think I think this is how I think a lot of us would love to see Jack I go down to the AHL because Jordan Harris won that spot right but I think Jordan Harris has to start being more of a primary facilitator for that to happen. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I think it will happen this way. But I think when you see Marty make the decision between the two, it will be when Harris starts becoming even more puck dominant, kind of in the way we've seen Gooley do so, where he, on his pairings, is the dominant man on the puck. With Savard, he was. With Edmondson, he is. I'd love to see... Harris start really taking over in that aspect. I can I can agree. Well, I can stand by with that because I do feel the same way. If Harris starts to be, you know, that primary contributor, uh, then that's when you need to force your hand. But right now there is no – I mean, with it, – it's, it's three goals, but you're leading, you know, rookie defenseman – it's not a, it's not the biggest stat in the world, but there's a, 
you know, like no one's really ahead. And, you know, just by looking at both of those guys, we both, we know Jordan Harris is going to find that groove. He's the one that's more has this, you know, the background to pull ahead and find it. But until that time, we'll keep shuffling this. It's, I think it's a little too early to, like you're saying, to push Jack Eye to the AHL. I think he's, he's learning a lot right now. Um, but it is going to get to a point to where what good is it when they're just sitting in a suit? Yes. And speaking about the AHL, uh, Shane Wright finally got sent down to the AHL on a two week condition. And it, it appears that he'll then be sent to the world juniors. So how about that? I, I totally disagree with Seattle doing this, but their plan, however you want to call it, seems to be coming into play because Basically, the only reason they're able to do this is because he sat so many games in a row. There's like a loophole. But, you know, Shane Wright's been doing well. He's playing in his second game right now, just scored his third goal. Did he really? Good in him. saying that, yeah. I think Slav has been playing his best fucking hockey, Corey. I thought against um, Buffalo, even though the Habs got kind of run, he looked decent. Mm-hmm. I thought the game before that, he looked good. And uh, on uh, Wednesday, he looked really good. And he was, I was tweeting a little bit about it. He made one pass in particular to Pazetta, where he was dominant on the puck, holding a guy off. And if Pazetta was just a little faster, like a step closer, it was an open net. Even mm-hmm. he wouldn't have missed that. I think line mates are needed for sure. I think he should have had a longer sniff at the second line. No, absolutely. But in getting to where I'm going, I'm starting to wonder, and I don't, it's, it's the issue of you don't want to send him down when he's playing good because that might hurt his confidence. But at the same time, seeing what Shane Wright's doing in the AHL, I believe full-heartedly that Slav would be dominant in Laval right now. So I'm kind of thinking, and hear me out, Corey, I don't think this will happen. I think it maybe it is about time we see Slav go down there and just dominate even for a few games. Right. And it's not to say he doesn't can't play in the NHL. He can play in the NHL, but I want to see him score more. I want to see him dominate. And I think if he was on the top line, he would be there, but unfortunately he could be producing, but Kirby doc has that on lock. They're not going to mess that up. And Otherwise, there's not a lot of guys to play with on this roster that are going to really benefit him. Down there, he'll have Yelonen will be a big guy that can benefit him. He's got, you know, other young guys, Justin Barron on D. He'll be able to play with those guys and really do well. And he'll be on the top power play. He kills it on the second power play. He's just playing with plugs. And <laughs> I do I think this will happen? No. But what I do think there is a chance, and I want to get your opinion on, is the World Juniors. Do you think that we see Slav go play in the World Juniors? I would love to see that, and that also gives him a break and this team a break of of jumbling so much. I think that's a that's a great opportunity, especially I'm not saying they're going to do it because Shane Wright is going to go play, but I, I do think this is like beyond that. Like that's just you know some Twitter nonsense. Beyond that, that's a great opportunity for him. He's going to get to go play for his country. Um, and then look what he's doing in the NHL right now. It's just a sniff of what he can do. 
we know he could dominate in the AHL. I think if you brought him to the Worlds, I think he could do it. I, he can do the same. And I think that could help rejuvenate him. And I, excuse me, maybe that's not the best way to say it because he is playing great hockey. I think it could, you know, it could give him another look at, at the outside. And then if anything, make him that much more hungry to get back up, you know, and it's not, it's not like a sent down, you know, it's maybe, maybe that happens with him being in the AHL, you know, they might send him to the AHL and then he goes to the, the world juniors um, either, or I think it's a great opportunity for him to play. No, absolutely. I think it would be a really good decision for management to play him in the, I, uh, I don't see him not, I'm um, excuse, excuse me. I don't see him not being just an absolute workhorse going down there. You're going, you're going to go play for your country. You were just, you know, you were just drafted first overall to the Montreal Canadiens. You're playing for the Montreal Canadiens. You're you're successful with the Montreal Canadiens. And you're going to go down to a lower level of hockey, but to play for your country. I think he would dominate. Well, and we know how he is in big moments too, right? Yeah. He always steps up. So I imagine we'd see Slough step up to the plate and put on a pretty, pretty nice performance. But um, speaking of, um, you know, like world championships, there's something kind of big going on right now. And that is the world cup, which has been phenomenal. A lot of upsets. Did you see the over under on the Saudi, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina and that over under, which was, was nuts. And which was nuts. <laughs> the buyout on that Corey was fucking ridiculous. And I'm willing to wager the DraftKings had some pretty nice lines for that match. They did, but uh, our ad read is not uh, World Cup related. But anyway, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you could turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot in an even bigger payout. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $100, $150, excuse me, in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Um, Mason, we've talked about him a couple of times on this show. I got this, uh, the newer guy that works with us, his name's Zach. Um, for like the first month, I called him Mason. I don't know why. Uh, I, maybe because he's about your age. Um, this kid is, is just a fucking DraftKings fanatic. And he doesn't bet big money i say like the biggest he'll bet is like 50 bucks uh and he fucking loses every single time the last time he bet something massive was like uh the Usman fight a couple of months back and uh we saw what happened with that and he just immediately lost his money he had a nice parlay set up the other night uh banking on argentina to beat saudi arabia 4 a.m. comes around and he's lost his parlay immediately. 
everything else won it's up for that um, i can't believe like the saudis <laughs> have a good team and the thing is they all like nine of the 11 starters played together mm-hmm. so that chemistry came out strong but yeah for them to defeat argentina that was crazy but what i also thought was fucking crazy was the fact that canada took the world number two and bent them over just couldn't finish it was ridiculous it was so it was so tough dude uh y'all had such a great look um like kind of like right right after right after belgium scored they had that nice setup for your boy and all he had to do was just redirect you know, the ball with his foot. You're talking about Jonathan David. John, yeah, Davis or David, whatever it is. Uh, I was watching it at work. I felt so bad because he just had so much momentum going that it didn't matter. If he stuck his foot out, he was sending it. And he just No, did. I honestly I, I'll be honest, I kind of disagree, Corey. I think that okay. Was well, look, you are you are a, a you know you play soccer or f- football. So I to me, I thought it was if he could just redirect it. That's going in. Um, I think I'll be. I think that's a finish. Like, and I think he'd probably agree with you that he should make. Um, I mean, he fucking sent it. It was a beautiful ball. <laughs> it was a beautiful ball too. I don't remember who crossed it, and I think it may have been Estacio or Buchanan. But yeah, no. Uh, what really killed us was Fonzie missing that pen, and what I thought was hilarious was all the fucking. I'm air quotes here, fucking footy fans on Twitter, all the hockey Twitter Twitter people thinking they know anything about fucking stalker, saying Fonzie shit and all that. For Corey, I don't know if you watched that, but is that the game with the, the is is that the guy who had the penalty kick? Yes, he's that was one unfortunate. Of the best, that was one of the best one of the best young players in the world, let alone in Canada. Um Here's the thing though, he plays he plays left back for Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Oh, nice. He's never taken a professional penalty kick. In his he did career. it at the biggest stage. And yeah, he's doing it at the biggest stage against the best goaltend. Like you may if you don't think he's the best keeper in the world, I'll argue that. But, but he's he is, up there absolutely the best on pens in uh courtois Mm -hmm. just a monster kept them in that game jonathan david this year alone has taken 12 and scored nine so i don't know what i think it was a a bad decision for management but two and it's a a theme we've seen a lot in this world cup the officiating was fucking terrible yeah. There were we should have had at least three more pens, and I don't say that as like a bias. Like VAR is there for a reason, and you. It's funny in hockey we hate that they use the replay as much as they do. In soccer, they need to use it more. <laughs> they have it and they don't use it. It's brutal. That's unfortunate. Um, it, it was a little tough to watch, but at the end of the day, the the loss sucked. But I can't be mad at anyone for that goal. Kevin De Bruyne is the greatest playmaker on the planet right now and sent just a gorgeous through ball. I couldn't believe that, like, 
it had to be perfectly placed and the finish I mean, was nice too a little half volley there yeah. Full sprint. that was nice that was a tough game for me to watch because i wanted the success for canada and i i had been fucking landed on at work that canada had like they were going to be one of those like like teams to look out for like like especially you don't you might not think a lot about them because i mean let's be honest in new orleans we're not soccer fans even though we're we're getting a soccer team and we'll get to that soon um they don't know what the fuck they're talking about you know and and my knowledge is just fifa it's just the 10 months that i was off and i rediscovered my love for soccer uh or football uh but that game was tough for me because on belgium uh yuri uh Te- uh Tienemans plays for him so I mean that was tough for me battling against it uh but I really did want Canada to win that game well and I don't think like I kind of argue again like saying like oh like Canada was supposed to be like an up-and-comer and this hurts them this helps them after the game Kevin De Bruyne won man of the match and went out and said I don't think I deserve, I didn't, I'm not, wasn't the man of the match. I won this because my last name is De Bruyne. Like Canada played very, very well today. Mm -hmm. And the Belgian players all congratulated them media all over the world. Like this was not for your average fucking Canadian hockey fan or Canadian sports fan who doesn't follow soccer, which is the majority of people in this country. Which is they, a shame because our women's team, our women's team has been a phenomenal for years. So the greatest international footballer ever is Christine Sinclair, and she's a Canadian. But yeah, they take it as a loss. You sure, took, we didn't. You get took anything. on Belgium, and yeah, we didn't get any points, but we took on the world number two, and we outplayed them for ninety some ninety five minutes, and that's impressive. Not only though, Corey. Has this put Canada on the world stage? Multiple Canadian players on that team have already received interest from clubs in Europe. That's fantastic. Like multiple guys. I saw uh, Celtics X, F, Celtics FC was looking at uh, Alistair Johnston. Uh, another young guy looking at uh, Watford signing. And I think the best part of it all was seeing Terry Henry one of the great legends of the game go and congratulate the Canadian players after the game. Canada earned respect from one of the best players to ever touch, to ever grace a football field. And I just wanted to give a big shout out to the boys because we're playing Croatia next Modric and you know, that midfield is one of the best in the world right now, but I think Canada's up to the task and I will be absolutely losing my mind watching that game. It's going to be exciting. Well, you might not have a point. Our team's got a point, um, but we're not yet. I don't see us tomorrow is going to be a fun, a fun day, but honestly, I think the U S is going to get skull dragged by, uh, England uh I think they've only played like three four times in the history of uh of this event and the only time we won was nine 
I believe it's 1953. And it was a one nothing game. Sorry, was that the last time you're saying you beat England? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. The U.S. was pretty bad. It was that was a tough that was a tough game. But the like qual- the qualifiers, you made fun of me for fucking like a week. Did they? Who did they play in their opener? Oh, uh, Wales. Who's and they t- they drew. Like that's yes. impressive. That's impressive for the U.S. Now I don't like I I don't know. Yeah. So I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, we were up. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot we were of this up one going but... into the 80th minute. Yeah, and, and Wales and scored a pen to to tie it. But I don't know. There's there's definitely potential there. I think England will beat you. I don't think it'll be a skull drag, to be honest. I think the English team is. I mean, England's always overrated. They they never they choke in every situation. They almost won the the Europa League, uh, very recently and blew it in pants and blew a lead and. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm an American fan. I mean, it's it's a game you have to win for sure, but. I think I think you could steal some points off England. I don't think a draw is out of out of the American team's depth. If we get a draw off of England, it would be uh, a fucking godsend. <laughs> if look, well, I'll just say if if no, because I was gonna say if Danny Ward's in fucking net, uh, we have a shot. But I don't even think that that team is it could even compete with like Leicester city who's actually been doing pretty good. Um, I don't know. I will, I'm going to be patriotic tomorrow. Why are we talking about Danny Ward? Because he hurts my feelings. Cause he's not, um, he's not shush Michael. Danny, Danny Ward. Danny, Danny I'm, I'm sorry. Ball. I'm sorry. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm looking at the whales. Cause I was, I was wondering my bad. Uh, <laughs> never yeah, mind. Danny Ward England's going to fucking, I'm sure England's damn. I was just looking at this. Uh oh, they have fucking Pickford. Goodness. Yeah, Pickford's starting in that. And the English squad's decent. Like you can never count them out for sure. Anyway, uh, it has been fun. I don't I don't like that I can't watch a lot of these games because it's like during work hours. But it it has been making a an average week, at least interesting. There's multiple parts during the day where people are just, you know, like, can you fucking believe this? Like, like Japan, fucking stunning Germany. I thought that was awesome. And then cleaning up. All the and then days. the fans fucking clean up after. The most respectful fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. No, that, that was amazing. And I, I'm loving watching the World Cup, to be honest. I've never really, like, I've always watched it, but I've never really had, like, a keen interest since Canada. Like, I, I, I rooted for Portugal in the past. Portugal and Wales. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. So, it's nice. But, to I mean, also, it's been eight fucking years. Here. So, like, now you're, like, getting into, like, adulthood. It, it was It's crazy, like, not having it for so long. For how long? Hasn't it been, like, eight? No, it's... Last one was twenty eighteen, right? It's four years, every four years. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought we, I thought we missed one because no. of COVID. No. Twenty eighteen in Russia. Oh, you're right. You're right. 
I feel like it's been so long ago. Honestly, look, the, the first one that I actually watched uh, was, what is that, 20, 2014, when I think it was Germany won, which would two back, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, that one, like, piqued my interest because I was your age. I was, like, 22. Um and it was like I just started working in the city and we worked at a sports bar and we were fucking packed every fucking day. And it was so awesome. We were making great money. And it got to a point where it was like it was nonstop business. And then the games would start and then it would just be the bartenders working and the fucking the back of the house is just up front watching the games. And the U.S. went on a, a run for a little bit. No, that's fair. I think. um I don't know, like, I think the best part of the World Cup is the fact that they're all back-to-back too, right? And you get to, like, watch a bunch. And if you have the day off, it's perfect. And no, I absolutely. can imagine being retired while the World oh, Cup Oh, God. World. <laughs> it must be amazing. Especially if, like, you're just, like, an avid football fan. Like, no, I, wish, I wish we could get uh, – I know, like, the World Juniors for, like, hockey is awesome. Um, I know that they canceled this one and I don't, I don't know the details, but I'm, I'm assuming because Russia, Russia is such a big part of hockey. It's tough to not have them involved, but it's the right thing to do. Um, but I wish we could have some type of, uh, hockey equivalent to this or more of it or a bigger version of it yeah it'll never happen like i don't think the world cup of hockey is not coming at least until 2025 i i don't even want to honestly don't even want to touch on it because it's so infuriating yeah um i was excited moving back moving back to hockey was there anything else yeah. uh um, talk about before we close it out so yeah let's just um i mean we covered uh, we're up to date on the habs the last thing i really wanted to touch on is uh because we pump his tire just about every episode uh friday well the when this episode comes out um the canadians are gonna be taking on the chicago blackhawks if i'm not mistaken in chicago so it would be kirby doc's first game back in chicago and kirby doc has been on one no absolutely it's gonna be exciting to see his return he said himself you know it is important he's looking forward to it but he just you know very hockey answer, but mm. I do. He said, "Yeah, it would feel good to score against them." And the way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. No, absolutely. And uh, no, I, that is that is such a hockey answer. It, it's just another game type of thing. But I I heard a commentator say it the other day, and and I'm not going to pretend like I know who it was. But um, when you're playing good for your new team, it makes going back to play your old team that much better you know like there's no like yeah there's going to be a bit of there's going to be something in the back of your head but like you're playing so great and this team that is playing above the expectations it's 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 hard to like psych yourself out you know like fuck like i this is i'm i'm too nervous I, i don't see that with kirby doc i wouldn't be surprised if he has an amazing game uh, tomorrow or today when y'all are listening, but 
Yeah, Chicago's six, ten, and three. Could they beat us? Absolutely. Um, but I think this would be a fun game for us. Our power play is still dog shit, but we'll see. Uh, because Chicago's penalty kill is like bottom tier. It's like twenty fifth or something like that. Yeah, no, it's kind of. I feel like. I don't know. We'll see. There's offensive pieces on each team, and I, I can I can't imagine it'll be a boring game. But like the one we saw against um, oh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank here. The most recent game, the three one. Oh, uh, Columbus. Yeah, I don't think it'll be like that against Columbus. But well, I think you know it's been a couple games since Suzuki put up a point. Um, Doc wants to score. I'm sure we'll see some fireworks. Uh, last thing, I was watching a little bit of the Chicago game the other day in between Columbus, uh, just trying to watch a little Dallas uh, because I'm going out of town in two weeks. So uh, they were playing. Um, they went on a power play, and Chicago's running a five-man, a five-forward power play with uh, Patrick Kane, not in the not on the half wall. He's sitting in the back as like a defenseman, and I he had a good look. He set it up pretty well, but it's really weird seeing him back there. Who's back there? Jonathan, uh, Patrick Kane. Oh, Patrick Kane. I thought you said Taves. I was like, what? Oh, I could have. I could have. Who? Honestly, dude, you know how I am with names. Um, but yeah, Patrick Kane was sitting in the back and uh, like like in the defensive slot instead of being like on the half wall. Like he was like captaining in it or quarterbacking it. Very, very weird. I mean, trash team. You got to try something, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, before we go, uh, a trash, a team that threw trash. Um, I think it's, I think it's tough, but they were robbed. Uh, New Jersey about to set a record. I think for them, maybe yeah, it's fucking that was fucking ridiculous, dude. Look, Get the, the last goal outside, all the bullshit, goaltending interference, fuck off. Was the last one the one that would have tied the game? Um, was that I? I, I didn't see I it. I saw I it, but no. if it was kicking, I think that's bullshit. I think his his foot was moving in that direction, but if anything, like you can kick the puck towards your stick. Like he didn't play, like he didn't kick it into the fucking net. He like kicked it or the motioned it because it, it does look like he's kicking it. And if you want to call it a kick, he kicks it to the fucking side, not in the net or nothing. But if anything, I've seen a lot of guys accept the pass through the legs, pop it with their with their skate and put it on the stick. I don't see any difference in that. And if it was goaltender interference, the fuck right off. Uh New Jersey got robbed. They got robbed by what Toronto is quoting as a powerhouse team. Um, get the fuck out of here. It's bullshit. No, absolutely. I, I watched agree. I watched my fantasy. <laughs> I, I watched myself lose assist after assist. Like two at least two of those goals. I was I was I watched get erased on my fantasy. So I'm a little bitter towards that. Um, Mason, you got anything else you want to comment on? No, I think we covered it pretty good. Okay. Well, last things, uh, I hope if there's any U S listeners, uh, you had a great Thanksgiving, you, uh, stayed safe, 
and you had a good evening. Um, unfortunately, on Thanksgiving for the U.S., uh, we lost Bore Salming, uh, unreal player, um, set the tone for, like, Europeans. Um, unfortunately, he lost his battle with uh, ALS. And, I mean, shit, I feel like it was, like, what, a week, maybe two weeks ago that he was dropping the was, puck. Yeah, more frequent, more recent. Uh, that was that was tough to read today. Um, but anyway, um, rest in peace. I, I believe they called him King. Um, unreal guy. And uh, that's I just I feel bad for his family. And hopefully, it was it was easy, you know. Uh, but fuck, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, give us a like and a follow on Twitter at Habs Nightly. And if you want to follow myself, Bayou Benders, um, fucking tell your friends if you like if you like the show. Uh, it's been fun. It's it was a fun episode, Mason. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. Um, and we can't wait to talk to you guys. If y'all want to leave us anything, uh, like uh, send us an email at uh, what is it, Habs Nightly at Gmail. If I'm not mistaken, Mason. Yep. Um, and if you want to have a audio one and tell us how awesome or how terrible I am. You can do so at our speak pipe. That's www.speakpipe forward slash Habs nightly. Thank y'all so much. And we will talk to you guys again soon. You're listening to the hockey podcast network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.